Welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. The magic number is two for the Jazz. We'll get into what that means. The Jazz are on a 60-game winning um, pace without Donovan and Mike. And we're going to make the last final case for why Rudy Gobert has to be the Defensive Player of the Year this year. So, the magic number is two for the Jazz. What that basically means is the the Jazz have three games left, and I believe the Suns have three games left. What has to happen is the Jazz have to win at least two of those games, or win one and Phoenix lose one, or lose them all, Phoenix lose two, the Jazz uh, clinch the number one seed. Um, So obviously the easiest way for the Jazz is just to win two games, then you don't got to worry about it. And we've talked a little bit about what the number one seed means for the Jazz. Um, First off, it's, you know, it's a it's a status thing, you know, that I can't remember the last time the Jazz were the number one seed going on into the playoffs. Even with those great teams with uh, Darren Williams and Anja Karolinko and Carlos Boozer, they were never the number one seed. I, I haven't checked this, but I don't think the Jazz have been the number one seed since John and Carl. Um, you know, I, so, first off, that would be huge. Um, because coming into the season, nobody thought the Jazz could be the number one seed in the West. I mean, I am a huge, biased Jazz fan, and so is my little brother Preston. And when we did um, the, the season outlook for the Jazz earlier this year, which is still a great episode, you should go back and listen to that if you haven't, but... We kind of picked the Jazz to be in the <clears throat> somewhere between like the third and fifth seed for this year, and that they would have a good chance at winning a playoff series and getting into the second round. And we both thought that that would be a very successful season for this Jazz team. And now that it looks like they they're going to be the number one seed, um, and from there with the way they've been playing and they get Mike and Donovan healthy, I mean, they. it's very easy to see the path for them to get to the Western Conference Finals, something they haven't been to since, I think, 2008 is when Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer were there. And then there's also, you know, a possibility for them to make it to the Finals too, something they haven't done since 1998. Um... So this season is just, it's been awesome for the Jazz. And, you know, we, I kept hearing from, you know, like the Dunked On podcast and other basketball podcasts, one of the biggest reasons that the Jazz were having all this success was where they were one of the few that didn't have to deal with injury problems, which was true. You know, the Jazz have been healthy for the most part, for the whole season. You know, Mike Conley missed a few games earlier in the year for his hamstring. Uh, Joe Ingles missed a couple for his Achilles. Um, Derek Favors missed a few for his sore knee. 
But for the most part, the Jazz have been healthy. But um, I think Mike Conley has now missed seven games in a row. Donovan's missed, I think, 12 games in a row now um, with his ankle. And since they, those two have gone out, since Donovan went out, and the team has been going out there with a starting lineup of Rudy Gobert, George Niang, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, and Boyan Bogdanovich, the Jazz have been on a 60-win pace with that group. Which means if you if that group was what you started out the season with, an 82-game season, and you, you know, what they've done in those, I think, 12 games, you ran that out to 82, you're at 60 wins. Now, of course, a lot of things can happen, injuries can happen, all that, and it's just, you know, working... We're just making a prediction based off of, you know, the math with it. But that's incredible. That is, in almost every season, the first or second seed in the Western Conference. That is without a guy like Mike Conley, who's been in the league for 13-plus years, led the Memphis Grizzlies to the Western Conference Finals, is averaging, you know, 16 points a game, four boards and six assists this year, and shooting very well. And your star player, Donovan Mitchell, who is averaging 26 points, five boards, and six assists, and on much improved efficiency from what he's been in past seasons. This, you know, if as long as when these two come back from injury, and again, I think that those these two could play if absolutely needed right now. Um, as long as those two, when they come back from injury, can blend into the team and it doesn't become a, an issue with Boyan falling back to being the number two or number three option, this Jazz team is very scary. They have the best defender in the NBA. They have a guy that can play in the clutch and be a scoring option at the end of games. They're a very well-rounded team. They have great shooting. They have guys that can get to the basket. They have the sixth man of the year and Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. They have the guy that I think should be the sixth man of the year, Joe Ingles, also coming off the bench. Um, you know, guys like Trent Forrest, Ursan Ilyasova, have shown the and Mia Oni have shown the ability to be to come in cold off the bench and contribute to the team. Also, Matt Thomason is in that. I mean, this is a very scary team for the Jazz. And as I've said before, this is the year that they've got to push it. Um, you know, everybody's going to be a, a year older, which is a good thing for Donovan Mitchell and, you know, Rudy Gobert next year. But it's, you know, for guys like Mike Conley, uh, Joe Ingles, and Boyan Bogdanovich, who are already in their 30s, that means that you're, you know, that's another year of mileage that's you know another year away from your prime um this is the year that the jazz got to get it done um so last thing i want to talk about as i said the jazz have the best defensive player in the world um i've talked about it quite a few times already but you really cannot um you can't say it enough with how great Rudy Gobert is. 
and he is having an a historically great season this year. Um, you know, you look at his defensive numbers. They're, you know, for the last few years, but especially this season, he's right up there with Hakeem Olajuwon, Bill Russell, um, Dikembe Mutombo, and Mark Eaton for some of the greatest defensive years of all time. Um, you know, and David Locke talks about this. The Jazz, a couple years ago, their front office decided, you know, we are this amazing defense, but we have trouble scoring. And so the front office went, all right, we've got Rudy, who's the greatest defensive player in the world. We're going to go 100% offense around him, and hopefully he can hold the defense down while we become this great offense. You know, they traded out Ricky Rubio for Mike Conley. That's an offensive move. Now, Mike Conley's a good defender, but he's not as good as Ricky Rubio was, but he's an amazing offensive player. Traded Dante Exum for Jordan Clarkson. Dante Exum is a far better defender than Jordan Clarkson, but Jordan Clarkson is a much better offensive player than Dante Exum has ever been and probably ever will be. He traded out Jay Crowder for George Niang. George Niang is an amazing shooter, and he has gotten a much, much better on the defensive end, but he'll never be what Jay Crowder was on the defensive end. Um, you know, you, you basically traded out Boyan Bogdanovich for Derek Favors. You know, Derek Favors, one of the best defensive bigs in the NBA. Now, this season, you brought Derek Favors back. Um, so that made the defense better. But, you know, all these these moves that the Jazz made where they took a great defensive player off the floor and replaced him with a shooter affected the defense, but you didn't see the defense really drop off because Rudy is so great. Um, you know, the... You look at the on-off numbers. Like I said, Derek Favors is a great defender. Um, you put him as a starting center for 80% of the teams in this league, and their defense is going to get better than what it is. When Rudy Gobert comes off the floor and Derek Favors takes over at center, the Jazz are a much worse defensive team. And that's not a slight at Derek. It's to tell you just how incredibly amazing at defense Rudy Gobert is. So if he, if they end up giving the defensive player of the year to Ben Simmons this year, it is just absolute bullcrap, really. Um, you know, Ben can say he's more versatile all he wants, but the Sixers are a better team defensively when he's off the floor versus on it. When he's on the floor, a lot of times he has Joel Embiid to help him. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> in general, the award has to go to Rudy. There really should be no argument about it. Um, yeah. So, with that, actually, before we end this episode, let's talk about the matchup tonight. The Jazz are going up against the Portland Trailblazers. Now, the the thing that defensively that the 
the Jazz struggle with is small guards that can shoot and can create. Um, which is funny because if you look at the at the Jazz, as far as their um, personnel goes, you think that wings would be really what they have to worry about. Guys like Kawhi and LeBron and um, Kevin Durant and all that, which those guys still give them a lot of trouble. But it's guys like De- Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, um, Kemba Walker, um, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal. You know, those type of guys that really give the Jazz troubles. And, you know, we saw it on Monday night with, you know, Royce O'Neal trying to cover Steph Curry. He did an amazing job. Steph is just so insanely good that there's nothing you could do in that game also if you watch it the Warriors were hitting shots that you're just not supposed to hit they were well defended um you know Royce O'Neal all over Steph Curry and he just you know he just drains it because Steph is such an amazing player but tonight you know the Jazz are going up against the Trailblazers the Trailblazers play three small guards in their starting lineup you know, they go Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and Norman Powell, um, along with Robert Covington at the four and Yusuf Nurkic at the five. Um, all three of those guards can handle the ball in the pick and roll. Um, they can be the main facilitator. They can all put up 30 points in a game. Uh, they can all shoot. They can all drive to the rim and create for shooters around them. So it's going to be tough for the Jazz, especially playing the lineup that they have been lately with basically four wings and Rudy Gobert. I mean, you know, you play Royce O'Neal, who's a six foot four power forward, basically. Boyan Bogdanovich, who's 6'8", and not a great defender. Joe Ingles, who's 6'8", who's a pretty good defender, but he's not super, super fast. George Niang, who again, who has gotten better on the defensive end, but is not super fast um, side to side, and then Rudy Gobert. Um, I'm sure, you know, Quinn Snyder will have a way um, schematically to to take care of this, but it is going to be a struggle for the Jazz dealing with these little guards and. Uh, you know, on the defensive end. However, on the offensive end for the Jazz, they should be able to kill this team. Um, you know, especially if the shots are going down. Um, you know, like Yusuf Nurkic is a pretty good defender down low, but Rudy's a lot better than him. Um, you know, and if the... Uh, if the Trailblazers are running a switching defense like they like to do now with this smaller lineup, you know, that means Rudy's going to come up and set more of a slip screen where instead of running the screen all the way through, he's just going to run straight to the basket. And that's going to put a lot of stress on Yusuf Nurkic at the basket. And it's going to open up three-point shots for the rest of the guys. Um, and then when... The uh, Trailblazers go to Carmelo Anthony. 
and Ennis Cantor off the bench, especially when those two are in together, the Jazz have got to attack those two guys. Those two are, those two together are the worst defensive combo in the entire NBA. And that's not me just saying that. If you look at the numbers, those two together, the defensive ratings are the absolute worst when those two are together. The offensive ratings are actually pretty decent. But, you know, the Jazz have got to go at those two guys. Like I said, the Jazz have got to win two games of these next three to clinch that number one seed. Now, again, you you could um, clinch it by getting, you know, the Phoenix Suns to lose. But it, it's better to just take care of business yourself, clinch the number one seed on your own, and not really worry about what the Suns are doing. Um... But yeah, should be a fun game tonight. The Trailblazers are a very fun team to watch with those those three small guards. And it's going to be cool to see what Quinn Snyder decides to do um, to, to, to help cover those guys. Um, but yeah, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and go Jazz!